you will eventually, you know, um, I feel like that's a lot of like, it gets better mindset. It gets better. Maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but it will. Hi, I'm Claire, co-editor and producer of The Pod by Gen Z. Today is National Coming Out Day. In case you don't know, National Coming Out Day is a holiday that has been celebrated every year since 1988 and commemorates the anniversary of the National March on Washington for lesbian and gay rights. In honor of this, Gen Zine is partnering with Converse to amplify stories around LGBTQIA experiences. One of the organizations Converse works with is the It Gets Better Project, an organization focused on empowering queer youth. Our editor-in-chief, Anushka, sat down with part of their team to learn more about what they do and the stories they tell. My name is Justin Tyndall. I use both he and they pronouns. Um, I am the Director of Programs and Operations at the It Gets Better Project. I've been with the organization for seven years, um, so I've seen it change a lot in that, in that time. Um, I continue to work for the organization because I love it. Um, I love the position that I have, um, especially last year is when we launched our Youth Voices program, which is our, our official youth ambassador program for the organization. And this past year working with them has been probably the best year that I've worked at the organization. So my job just keeps getting better. Would you be able to give a brief overview of what the It Gets Better project is and does? Yeah, so the It Gets Better project is, is a nonprofit organization whose that's mission is to uplift, empower, and connect LGBTQ plus youth around the world. Um, we do this primarily through storytelling. Um, the origin of our, our organization is based in some YouTube, video, uh, YouTube videos, um, and it has now evolved into a fully-fledged nonprofit organization that's constantly creating content, putting stories out there, again, in an effort to uplift, empower, and connect LGBTQ youth wherever they're found. Um, so we have a lot of really incredible programs. Um, our storytelling is, is one big aspect of that. We, we put a lot of resources towards uh, getting stories out there and getting them onto the screens of kids wherever they are. Um, we also have an education program um, that helps take some of our best stories and some really inc incredible queer stories into classrooms. Um, and then our, uh, our global program um, where we help, I guess you could say, empower other groups um, to kind of take on the same mantle as us and tell the stories of their communities uh, in, in their countries where, where they're based. Um, and so our global program uh, includes a global affiliate network um, that uh, now spans 20 countries. Um, but we also provide grants and other support to other nonprofits or other groups that are trying to do work in the same vein as us. Um, we're just trying to make the world a little bit better place for LGBTQ plus youth. That's amazing. It sounds like a very comprehensive organization. Besides storytelling and being able to connect over those, you know, human conversations about who you are and who you can be, how else do you support young people in that journey? Maybe once they have a revelation being like, I feel really seen in this and this is who I am. Yeah. So we, we see ourselves as an organization. Like if you look at the, like the spectrum of like your queer identity journey, we see ourselves as like hopping into that journey at the very, 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 very beginning mm -hmm. when kids are just starting to kind of think about these things, just starting to kind of grasp, like I might be a little bit different than my peers, or I might be different from what society is telling me to be. That's where we want to jump in 
because we want to we want to get to the kids way before they're starting to feel the weight of that realization before they start to think i can't do this or thinking of even more dire circumstances that maybe the solution is self-harm or worse we want to be that like preventative measure before that ever happens um, but and to your point the reality is we're not going to catch kids always at the very beginning of their journey. Um, and so some kids are going to need those, those direct services. Um, they might need housing. They might need a, a therapist in uh, counseling. Um, they might need uh, um, clothing. They might need hormone replacement therapy. They might need so many different things. And that's where we, um, as an organization, we're not territorial, like we recognize where we are at in the spectrum of the journey. And so if you go to itgetsbetter.org slash get help, um, we have a really robust, really comprehensive database where kids can jump in, they can search for their zip code, they can search for like a resource type, or they can even put a name of an organization if they're familiar with one. And it will, it will, it will basically collect for them a, a set of resources that they can access that can help them with whatever they need. Um, so we, we, I wish that there was nonprofits in the world that could do everything that we could save the world as one organization, but it's just not true. Like it really, really takes a village. And so I think that's one of our biggest things is, is yes, we push stories, but then we make sure that that third verb in our mission, the connect piece is also followed through on that. We're making sure that kids hear the story and then don't just feel like, well, now what they feel, oh, I've seen the story now. I feel empowered to go to that therapist or now I feel empowered to find that ally at my school or now I feel empowered to talk to my parent um, because I feel like it's safe for me to do so. That's where we, we really hope that we're able to provide some support. As you said, it takes a village and your organization supporting kids means that you guys need some extra support on the back end as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Could you tell me about how Converse has been a supporting figure to the It Gets Better project? What is so amazing about Converse is that it's a brand that's been around now for decades and decades, but it's still a brand that completely resonates with our target audience of 13 to 18 year olds. Like it's just a brand that seems to figure out how to stay relevant for that demographic. And so it is so important and it is so special for a kid to see a company that they admire a brand that they wear on the daily basis going all in on supporting them and making sure that they feel seen and protected by supporting organizations like ours and the truth is there's a lot of there's a lot of um, arguments about how involved corporations should be in philanthropic giving and how involved they should be in pride the reality is we really couldn't do our work if it wasn't for companies like Converse. They give us the funds that make all of that incredible programming I told you possible. Um, and I, I've, I've been with this organization seven years. If I'm not mistaken, our support from Converse started coming in probably 2016, 2017. Um, I have seen the impact these, the, that kind of support has made these last four years. It's, to me, it's, it's not quantifiable. It just, it's helped take our work to new levels. It's helped us expand our global affiliate network. It's helped us launch so many education initiatives. It really has been really pivotal in, in helping us do the work that we really want to do. 
And that's the best part is Converse has been so hands off about it. Yeah. They, they literally, they don't come in and say, well, we gave you all this money. So we get to dictate the kind of programming you do. That hasn't been the case. Instead, they've said, you're the experts. You're, you're the ones running this nonprofit. You've been in these trenches for years. You know what these queer kids need. So here's, here's the funds to do it. And that's, and that's the relationship and, it, and it's special and beneficial one. So what are you most excited about for the future of the It Gets Better project? Um, again, I, I would speak to our, our youth voices. We started that in, during summer of 2020, this ambassador program where we're like, hey, let's bring in just a few kids who can kind of be spokespeople for the organization, but more than anything, kids that we can give a platform to so they can tell their own stories. Um, we had such a phenomenal year with just five kids that we almost tripled the group. We had 13 kids in the group for this school year. Um, and we like hit the ground running. We're plugging them into so many opportunities like this. Um, and we really are just trying to give the mic and the stage over to, to these really incredible queer kids that are making a difference in their communities. I see the It Gets Better Project expanding that tenfold and giving more and more queer kids the opportunity to tell their own stories, not just tell stories like, a lot of our history has been adults talking to kids, but now I think we're really getting into a place where we're just gonna hand the mic over to the kids so they can talk to other kids. It's, it's all, they, they know what they need, they know what they want. Kids today are extremely ambitious and resilient and we just need to provide the means to let them talk to each other and connect and share and strengthen one another. Justin, thank you so much for giving us so much context and background on what the It Gets Better project does and how you amplify stories. And with that being said, let us welcome our next guest, Alejandro Isabella. Why don't we kick it off? I'm Alejandro Isabella Jimenez. Um, I am, I almost said I was 16 years old. Um, I'm 17. I turned 17 yesterday, so Libra. <laughs> um, I'm based in Dallas, Texas. Um, this is my second year with It Gets Better. I'm so excited. Um, I came out in like the summer before my seventh grade year, right, as a lesbian. And then I took some time, I was like labels, you know, not my thing, so I really love myself as queer, right? But I've been experimenting with my gender since like, I don't even know, like forever, you know? I was never, I wasn't like other girls, you know? You know, picking up what I'm putting down. So um, I would experiment with my gender a lot. And I only recently came out as genderqueer, like literally maybe like four months ago. <laughs> So, um, but I really enjoy it. I feel like I've always had such like a beautiful space and like really welcoming atmosphere to like express myself in the ways that I chose, which I'm so grateful for. Thank you. It gets better. So I'm really happy about that part of my life. Um, I've been doing like public work, what I'd call it for um, really, I feel like more professionally this past year with it gets better, but I'm, I'm not afraid of the spotlight. You know, I, I like a little attention. Um, I do a lot of like public performance. I'm in theater. I'm in choir. I'm a theater kid. If you couldn't tell, probably can. Um, I do consider myself a um, queer rights activist with It Gets Better. I talk a lot about what I believe in, what I do. I lead a lot of seminars and stuff like that. I speak on a lot of panels, stuff like this. It's really, really cool to do. And I really, really, really enjoy what I do. It's probably like one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. I love that. And what an energy. Um, okay, you are five years younger than me. Um, You're 22? Yes, 
oh my gosh, you look so young. Yes. Anyways. But I just want to understand, like, yes, we're in the same generation, but I know that what I was experiencing in seventh grade and the information that me and my peers were receiving in seventh grade probably looked completely different than you were receiving. Um, so where did the information and inspiration and like community and space to question your sexuality and gender identity at such a young age come from? I almost want to say like, it's ironic, right? But I almost want to say the lack of information is why I question myself so much. You know, it's never that like the queer community was like shunned away and stuff. No, 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 no. I never had that experience. It's just that it was like, it was seen as just a way of life, which is what it is. You know, like, I feel like a lot of the times, like, a little kid is going to see these two girls holding hands and they, you know, they smooch. The mom's going to go, oh, you know, they're either going to say, oh, my gosh, look, they're gay. Or she's going to go, oh, my gosh, they're gay. You know what I mean? I never had that, which I'm literally so thankful for. My parents never really, like, if someone was gay, they were gay. You know, it's the same way if, if someone, it's, it's a girl and a guy holding hands, that's how it is. If it's two girls holding hands, if it's two guys holding hands, that's just how it was, you know? It was never really, that's not our business. It's just, why would we question their way of living? You know what I mean? The queer community was never, I don't, I don't, it was, I was never really taught about it, you know? So I feel like a lot of the information that I received was from a lot of the media I consumed. I was on like social media. I was on, I was on Tumblr for a really long time. I was on Tumblr and I was on, everyone was on Tumblr though. So I can't really beat myself up too much. But I was on Tumblr and I was on Instagram and I'd watch a lot of short films like on YouTube and stuff. And that's where I got a lot of the things I got from. Like I remember so vividly like sitting like on my bed with my like iPhone like four, you know, just sitting and like scrolling through Tumblr and reading like a big master post of like all these different labels and all these different identities. And I was I was almost kind of looking for one that resonated with me, right? I was like, I feel like at such um a multiple age, you want to find something that fits. And I feel like that was the thing that I was focused on, the thing I was too focused on. I was too focused on finding out how I could label myself other than just living, you know what I mean? So a lot of like the information I got was just from like social media. You know, I didn't really read a lot of books about like queer history. I read queer books and never queer history books. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Um, <laughs> so over the course of the last five years or however long it's been since seventh grade. Can you take me through your thought process and journey of continuing to come out? And I'm not even gonna say that you've come to a conclusion because I expect your identity to evolve continuously through the rest of your life as all of ours should be. Um, but what have the last few years looked like for you? That's a really good question. Also, I really liked how you said it, that like your journey isn't complete. That was like beautiful. Like put that on a pillow, I would buy it. You know, <laughs> it was cute, I liked it. <laughs> was good um okay so I first realized I was not into boys as much as my peers were I almost want to say like in fifth grade you know like I had um a lot of feminine influence on my life and a lot of that feminine influence like slowly turned into like romance right and I was like oh my gosh girls are a lot more prettier than I feel like everyone's really letting on you know what I mean and so I feel like I've been aware that I liked girls more than boys um for like ever <laughs> you know what I mean it's been like I can't remember a time where like I didn't love girls you know what I mean and I feel like I really only realized that I so I liked boys too you know I almost want to say like last year you know what I mean I feel like that also kind of came from 
um, that whole thing of, oh, I need to find a label. Oh, gay, that's the best one. And it, it didn't fit quite yet, you know, so I love myself as queer. But I feel like my gender identity, you know, I feel like that's the one that has really had a lot more shape in my life, you know. Um, growing up, you know, you're playing with boys and girls, you know, you don't, it's not really that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, oh, that boy runs really fast, that girl can braid hair really well. But I was, you know, so extroverted. And so like, I just love to talk to everyone. I never really saw that, you know, I grew up kind of um, best of both worlds, I would say. Um, so I feel like really almost in sixth grade, when I feel like the things were kind of splitting between like the girls and the boys kind of stuff. That's when I started realizing, I was like, this is really Ako Taco. I don't feel like I fit into either of these categories yet both at the same time. You know what I mean? So I feel like I, like in sixth grade, you know, I started experimenting with my gender. And the biggest thing I did was I took to social media and I like had this fake account and I had a fake name and I just posted as a boy. You know, I was like, I'll be a boy. This is so humiliating. I wrote fan fiction. And so <laughs> I was like this boy author, right? And I loved it. Like, I love seeing people like come into my arms and being like, dude, you're so cool. Like, you feel like my big brother. You feel like just someone I can just hang out with the guys. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's those kind of just very nonchalant interactions that made me realize I need more of this in my life. I need people to see me more masculine than they do right now. And so I kind of started experimenting with my gender. Um, I really would only speak to like maybe three people. You know, I'd be like, I think I'm gender fluid. That's how I would label myself back then. And in sixth grade? In sixth grade, yeah, like in sixth, seventh, eighth grade. So like in that kind of my time period, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm gender fluid right now. You know what I mean? Just because I didn't have another word for it. And then like in eighth grade, I kind of strayed away from it. And I was like, I'm just going to live as I live. Because, you know, feminine, the feminine identity, while it did resonate and I preferred the masculine, masculine one a lot more, it never bothered me. You know, like I feel like so often in trans stories, you'll hear they had such a disconnect and they were so upset and I never really had that. So I felt that I wasn't, I don't want to say as valid, but it wasn't as big of a deal as to me, you know? So I just kind of like let it sit for a second, let it simmer. And then my, I almost want to say like my sophomore year, like my first year with It Gets Better. Oh my gosh, I'm a junior now. Um, my like near the end of my um, year with It Gets Better as class of 21, right? It's 21. Um, I was like experimenting more with my gender and cause it was such a beautiful community, you know, like all the original ones, like the five of us, I would like tell, I would tell them be like, can y'all use like she, he pronouns for me, like she, his, you know? And then it just kind of grew from there and I'd branch out a little bit more. I'd be looking at more names for myself. And um, his, her, in that order, and the name Alejandra Isabella just really connected with me maybe like this past summer, you know? And that's when I realized I'm, not, I'm allowed, you know? I'm allowed to feel um, a resonation with both of my gender identities and still have a label for myself. And so that's kind of how I live myself, you know? I live myself as queer, you know, loving-wise. I live myself as genderqueer, just as, like how I present myself. You have such a liberated story that is backed by so much joy and positivity and love because I'm gonna cry my tears are right here it's so sweet I think it's so inspiring to also hear how comfortable you are with yourself because that's definitely not the case for a lot of people and so I wanted to ask where do you hope to be one day but the attitude you have I think is something I hope that stays with you forever because that's like one of the most beautiful things I've been able to witness um 
what would you say to other young people who might be questioning or not have the same confidence and self-love that you do? You will eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I feel like that's a lot of like, it gets better mindset. It gets better. Mm -hmm. Maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but it will. And you know, and I almost feel, I don't want to say hypocritical because like there was a point in my life where I was like, this is so frustrating. I feel like I'm never going to find something that's going to resonate with me. But I still did. It's like, if someone's like listening or reading or watching this right now and they feel like they do now, you know, it's like, I'm never going to find a love with myself. I just feel so confused. You will. Like it's, I'm literally like, I love you, Anushka. I love you, Destin and everyone here right now. I love y'all. Smooches but I'm talking to you right now. Like you're going to find a label for yourself. You just take your time. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like so often it's like, it's so um, normalized, you know, to like find a label for yourself and stay with it for the rest of your life. And I feel like I'm living proof that that's not how you got to do it. You don't, you don't got to do things like that. You know what I mean? Like you can go at whatever pace you want, whatever label you want, you know, make up a new label just for yourself. Like who's going to stop you? literally no one's gonna stop you you know and I feel like that's something that I try so so hard to stress on about you know like it's okay if you don't have a label now like genderqueer I didn't know what that word meant till literally like three months ago like seventh grade me um experimenting with my gender I didn't know what genderqueer meant I didn't know what non-binary meant you know I thought it was cis and trans and I thought that was it you know that's why I felt so confused and it's not you know now there's so many labels and there's so many beautiful identities that I love. I love it. I love where I am. It's just so good. Um, and there's, if you still don't have anything now, there's going to be something, you know, you just got to keep looking. And while you're looking, you don't have to label yourself. You know, you don't have to tell people, Oh, I identify as like gender fluid. You can say, my name is Alejandro Isabella and I use his, her pronouns in that order. And you can just leave it at that. Like, it really is no one's business. You know, your gender identity, it's yours. It's not, yeah, it is how other people perceive you, but it's like, it's not, it's not really any of their business almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think everyone and anyone should be taking notes on what it means to have from you on um, that sense of independence and individuality and self-possession. Because I think so often we all let ourselves go to whatever's around us. Um, and it's so rare, rare to actually get those moments with yourself, like owning your identity, no matter how like trivial or existential it is. Let's touch on your finding community within It Gets Better program and how did they come into your life? How has it made an impact on who you are today? So, okay, this is another thing. I, y'all, I spend so much time on social media. It's almost embarrassing. So when TikTok was first like gaining popularity, you know, like there's all these hype houses coming out, right? There was this one hype house and it was called Gay Burger. And I was like, I have to be a part of this. So I did. I became a part of it. Um, we grew pretty big, pretty fast. You know, I feel like there was a lot of cishet, cis, white cishet houses coming out. And it's like, I don't think any of us were cishet and white. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like, we were the diversity that we needed. But, you know, I feel like in my mind, um, the Gay Burger account that we were, our hype house, we were <laughs> the diversity. You know what I mean? I would consider ourselves big enough that with the large following that we had, we were that diversity. And I was a big part of that, you know, and it gets better caught wind of us. And 
they reached out to like the owner of the account, one of my friends, Hammy, right? And Hammy worked with them for like that summer. And then Hammy was like, y'all, come be a part of It Gets Better. Fell into it, almost how Justin fell into it. You know, I fell into it the same way. It was really just a matter of chance, a matter of connections. And that's how I kind of got into It Gets Better. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, what have you learned and gained in the past year working with them? Um, I feel like I've gained a lot of self-inflection, you know what I mean? Reflection, reflection. I've gained a lot of like self-reflection. I've, I've spoken to like a lot of people. I've spoken to a lot of people. So I feel like almost it's given me a little bit of a boost, a little bit of confidence, but, um, I feel like even more, it's given me so much, um, introspection on the rest of the world. You know, I live in Texas. I live, you know, in a predominantly South Asian Indian community. I live in a predominantly cis tech community. So I feel like I never really felt represented in my physical community. So, you know, working with It Gets Better and being that voice that people listen to. Like I, I really never really thought I would, but people would be listening to me and they'd be reading my words and resonating with them. They've given me this voice and this platform to share whoever I want to be, however I want to be. I feel like that's always been such um an emphasis on especially like within my own little group you know all the other youth voices there's 12 more of us you know i've always been applauded you know i've always been applauded for standing up for myself and saying i want to use this name i want to use these pronouns and i've always been honored for that almost and i feel like that's kind of what it gets better upon me to be more secure within myself and also to share that with others i feel like within my own community i'm just gonna keep being unapologetically me you know um i came out as gay like in seventh grade you know in middle school everyone's like oh my god a homo you know everyone's gonna go ballistic but i had a lot of people come up to me and obviously i'm not gonna say their names or anything or anything specific but i had a lot of people come up to me and come out to me you know and be like you're why i'm coming out i'm so inspired by you and i just want to like keep the momentum going you know i feel like I've had a lot of people be like, I look up to you, I look up to your story. You know, sometimes on um, like videos, I'll do it, it gets better. I'll read the comments every now and then. And I'll see a lot of comments and it's like, this helped me, this is so beautiful, this is so great. And you know, and I feel like that is already paying it forward within itself. You know, I'm just gonna keep being me and keep sharing my story, no matter who does or doesn't wanna listen. Beautiful. And so beyond the flags, who are you? When you're not advocating, when you're not being an advocate, who are you? Just like as I am, like as a person. Oh my gosh. I'm in theater. I'm in choir. I'm a junior in high school. You know, I do, um, I know a lot of people. You know, I like to talk to a lot of people. So I feel, I don't think I'm answering, it doesn't feel like I'm answering that right. But That's, I wanna oh, know. baller. <laughs> um, I've got a whole gaggle of younger siblings, you know, I'm the oldest out of my family and the kids, so obviously not my parents, I'm not older than my parents, that'd be kind of weird. Um, not like as an advocate and activist, I feel like I'm still a leader, you know, like not just like within the grade, but I feel like a lot of people will often come up to me and look up to me and ask me questions. And I feel like that's a lot of what I do. You know, I'm a very artistic person, I'm a very open person. I play a lot of instruments. So I, that's kind of a lot of what I do, like a lot of being myself and sharing that is something that it's always been a part of my life. And while you owe the world nothing, and there's no pressure to answer this question properly, who is the world gonna know you as? Who are you, who are you gonna be? What are you gonna do? What can the world expect of you? 
what does the world expect from me? Literally someone so cool. That's what the world should expect me as, you know? I feel like, um, I don't want to like be like, I'm so unique and I'm so cool, but I'm so unique and I'm so cool. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of the experiences that I've had and a lot of the um, journeys that I've taken genuinely make me so unique you know um I want to be an actor that'd be really cool I'd love to be like on screens and be like I don't want to like be like a queer actor but I want to be an actor who is queer you know what I mean like I'd love to be someone that is famous not for being queer but just someone who is famous and is also queer you know so other little queer kids can see someone like me you know a lot of the um another focus that I do with it gets better is a lot of like being Latina, you know what I mean? I talk a lot about being Latina, being um, like having a feminine force growing up in myself, how growing up feminine and Latina and queer looks like, and I wanna continue doing that just kind of more like an acting wise. That's kind of what I want the world to expect of me. So I think the last question I have for you is, what does a utopia look like for gender identity? You've had your journey. You are on your journey. Um, and if you could rewrite what gender looks like um, in society, what would that be? What's your utopia? It's a really good question. I really like that question because I'm really glad that you asked that. Um, I feel like a gender utopia is one with the how do I say this? I still think that there should be gender. I feel like a lot of the times, um, I feel especially within the trans community, they really, a lot of them really, a lot of us really resonate with one or the other. And that's what brings us comfort. You know, doing a lot of feminine things makes us feel good about ourselves. Doing a lot of masculine things makes us feel good about ourselves. And while I still want that to have, I want just as equally as, you know, the in-between, you know what I mean? I still want us to have, you know, the opportunity to like, just go get a prescription for like HRT. You know, if that's what someone wants, if they just walk into a doctor's office, say, I want to do this, have their checkup to, you know, see what they need. I don't know, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> and then just do it. Easy as that. I want a lot more representation, you know, in the media with like a lot of more um, gender inclusivity. You know, I feel like a lot of the times in a lot of TV shows, as beautiful as the representation is, it's the cis girl, the cis boy, they're non-binary sidekick, you know? I want TV shows and media and movies about just the non-binary sidekick, you know? I want both their journey and them just existing. I feel like and I feel like especially like in the cisgender heterosexual community, I feel like a lot of the emphasis on our representation is very focused on our journey and never on just us living. You know what I mean? I feel like that's kind of what I want to see a lot of. A lot of just us living, not us being your little prop. You know what I mean? Or the little, oh, we love, we love the, the gay community. You know what? I feel like I want just us existing and us living the same way a cisgender person would, you know what I mean? I would really, really like that. That's beautiful. Thank you thank so you. much for sharing. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, thank you for having me. I'm really so excited. It's gonna be so cool. I love Converse. Just send me a pair, wear women's nine, men's seven. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> felt good. I felt seen. You know, thank you, Anushka, for asking that. I feel like that that was 
I mean, these are the things that I want to know. I think these are the things that are important to discuss of what is beyond the surface. Um, I think that's where human connection happens. I think that's where ideas are born. Um, so anyone ever wants to have a conversation about utopia, I am all ears. That is what <laughs> I live for. And that was our conversation with It Gets Better. To learn more about how you can get involved, visit www.itgetsbetter.org. And to check out the National Coming Out Day issue of Gen Zine, head to www.gen-zine.com. Thank you so much for listening, and happy National Coming Out Day.